0: Welcome to Anti-Monitor, where we honestly try not to make trophies out of humans. This week, we smear grease paint all over our faces and venture into the thick-ass jungles of Central America to watch John McTiernan's gorilla masterpiece, Predator. But first, Donna Justice has finally let loose onto an unsuspecting populace, so we reflect on our spoilery hard feelings. Lock and load, folks. This one's gonna be fun.
1: Gosh, does that suck? <laughs> Man, you are one pathetic loser.
2: You're listening to Anti-Monitor from DoomRocket.com. I knew it, I'm surrounded by assholes.
1: I'm not even going to dignify myself with a response to that. That's right, it's Anti-Monitor, where we try to make sense of the senseless in cinema. I'm Matt, Birdman Fleming, and with me as always is Jared Jones, editor-in-chief of DoomRocket.com and human embodiment of the phrase extra hot peppers what does that mean uh, that means that you're a hot pepper guy i am a hot pepper guy but I'm, what you're the human embodiment of ordering extra hot peppers you order extra hot peppers with everything but the human orders the hot peppers well you know it's like if <laughs> Zack snyder is the embodiment of the phrase extraject doritos oh okay then you're the you're the
0: hot pepper man well then why didn't you just say so to begin with well it's a nice segue and we just felt like it was an original and interesting concept to pit him against another hero,
2: but a darker hero. And Batman was the perfect foil.
1: So, before we get into talking about the primary film that we watched today, we got to get into some Batman versus Superman, Dawn of Regret, yeah. uh, seeing as how you've seen the movie now already. Yes. Um, and luckily, we've got another expert, a foremost expert in uh, comic lore, Molly Jane, MJ Kramer. That's right. Hi. Hi, MJ. How are you?
2: I'm good. How are, how are you guys
1: doing? We're great. We're fantastic.
2: Stay down. If I wanted it,
1: you'd be dead already. Let's get a little uh, bit of a condensed uh,
0: version of yeah. what you had to, to say about Dawn of Justice. Oh, man. You know, uh, that review I wrote? Uh, clocked in at almost 1,500 words. I don't typically like to uh, write them that long, but there was just so much to unpack with this movie, and not in a good way. I can't expect the uh, conversation and the uh, geek culture to be very pleasant. It's going to be a very rapturous one, and I am definitely, and I think I speak for both MJ and myself, uh, uh, people who are ardently against the entirety of this film um well, so
2: 90 percent of it
0: 90 well of course there is one we're just going to get through the good parts of this movie really yeah quick. tell me tell me what was good about this um, movie
2: well it, it's it's not it's not plural it's singular there's a good part of the movie mm-hmm. well i guess it was, it's mostly wonder woman it's gal gadot's wonder woman she's she's amazing in it her costume's amazing she's she's great every minute she's on screen and the acting—it's not you know, the acting's not bad, casting's not bad. It's just everything else that is around it.
0: Literally everything else. Now you haven't seen this movie yet. Now you can't—you you can't convince me that "quote
1: unquote" the acting, the casting are on point because I still know that Jesse Eisenberg is playing Lex Luthor, and I just can't—I just
0: can't.
2: Well, I can't. He's, he's, he's the exception to that. Yeah.
0: He—you don't have to. You, uh, I know you can't, I'm telling you, you don't have to, because Jesse Heisenberg is atrocious in this movie. Um, a, a little piece of stunt casting, because obviously Zack Snyder saw the social network and thought, what the hell, since we're contemporizing Lex Luthor, let's make him into uh, Mark Zuckerberg. That's precisely what happened. Except, it wasn't. This is like mad scientist Luthor shit. Like, he is seriously just a mad scientist.
2: He's he's manic and babbly and insane, and twitchy. Real, I heard, yeah, mm. real real dumb.
0: Yeah, and he has a uh, he has a vendetta against Superman. I guess for the same reason everyone else distrusts him, because uh, he broke Metropolis at the end of Men of Steel, which we talked to at length last week. But then Luthor goes even further by trying to. See that this is what the strange thing about the plot is that it doesn't really make any sense when you say it out loud, but when s but when you're watching it, somehow you just go with it. It's,
2: it's it's very disjointed. Yeah, very disjointed.
0: So the um, help me out here. So what happened? Uh, Luthor convinces Bruce Wayne by like you know, manipulating him via meat, uh, snail mail. Yeah, He's,
2: anonymously. Yeah, anonymously. He
0: sends him, the, and I called it, by the way, in my uh, trailer breakdown, that that's exactly what was going down, that Luthor was going to put Batman over a barrel. Because Luthor knows who everybody is in this, in this movie, and we don't ever Wait, find God out now.
2: yeah. Yeah,
0: he knows that Batman is Bruce Wayne. He knows that Clark Kent is Superman. He knows that Clark Kent and Lois Lane are a thing, which I guess they live together, so that's not difficult to do. They live together. Superman... Uh, it
2: seemed like it. Yeah, it Clark, seemed like it.
0: Definitely. Like, Clark Kent and Lois Lane are sharing a place. They have this kind of cute moment where they share a bathtub. And uh, and this is going into how, like, R-rated this director's cut's going to be. There are moments where I'm pretty sure I saw Amy Adams' boobs. Like, uh,
2: uh, it looked like it almost.
0: Definitely. Almost. Like, there's no way around I'm like, yeah, they... They're, Oh, I see what they. Do you did.
1: think the uh, do you think the R-rated director's cut is going to feature a scene like the really sexy scene from the master with Amy Adams where she just got behind Philip Seymour Hoffman uh, and gave no, him the I'm going to stop weirdest here right
0: there. Yeah, no, I that's not going to happen. Uh the R rating beyond the nudity that will be present in this because I already know how where it's going to take place. I already know exactly where the nudity's going to happen um is the violence. Now this is one hell of a violent movie like small children who are taken to see this picture are going to be shocked by it. Like, disturbingly so. Which leads me to... I mean, we can go on for a whole episode about my problems with Donna Justice. I prefer to do it once you finally see it. Um, But I gotta spoil something for you. Go ahead, spoil it. I gotta spoil something for everybody, in fact. If you are not... If you're listening at home and you do not want to hear any spoilers about Donna Justice, for whatever your reasons, um, please go ahead and fast forward about... about ten minutes ahead, but let 's be clear: we are openly
1: advocating to uh, our audience don 't spend money on this film you can 't don't don 't give them any reason to keep this
0: up uh, well, i mean they 've already announced uh, at least almost a decade 's worth of films they're they 're locked in for it. Yeah. Whether or not they keep going with their mission, with Zack Snyder kind of galvanizing, that's up to them. Right. I think the uh, box office gross will dictate whether or not that happens. Odds are it's going to do well, so whatever. But um, Spoilers. Spoilers. What ripped me apart. Now, objectively, as a film, it's bad. But what takes it beyond merely just a bad film is what it chooses to do with its characters. Now, if you've read Dark Knight Returns and if you've read The Death of Superman you have seen Dawn of Justice. I can't believe they actually did this, but they killed Superman. Henry Cavill's Superman is killed by Doomsday at the end of the film. This is the inciting incident for Justice League, where Bruce Wayne and Diana are having a Anakin Skywalker and Obi-Wan Kenobi moment at the Qui-Gon Jinn funeral pyre, and going, well, what are we going to do now? We've got to make sure this never happens again. Hold, got- uh, hold on.
1: Yeah. Time the fuck out. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so it's bad enough that Zack Snyder decided to make a Superman movie. A, a Superman, ostensibly a Superman sequel, that is more of a Batman movie, from mm-hmm. everything I've heard.
2: Mm.
1: But then to pull that, that's like, that's what they're going to do.
0: Yeah.
2: And, and this is after, throughout the whole movie, they establish no trust in Superman. He, he, he smiles maybe once. He rescues a person once.
0: No, he, he rescues a few people. Well, they
2: actually show it the one time.
0: There's a whole montage of him rescuing people. But it's one of those too little, too late things. Because when they... Throughout the entire film, MJ's totally right. Throughout the entire movie, the whole world doesn't know what to make of superman despite the fact there's a giant statue of him in the middle of the crater that was uh the the ground zero of the metropolis attack and never mind that like pretty much the government's made up their mind that they want him around never mind that like the only people who really don't like him are just you know right-wing zealots and and nutcases with a billion dollars that's it Aside from that, everyone else likes him. Holly Hunter likes him in a way. She knows that he needs to be held accountable for his actions. But, and and, and that's another fucking crazy thing, is that (laughs) this movie is so audacious and flip about, you know, domestic terrorism that it puts us through one of the most shocking moments I've seen in any movie. Because you don't expect to see it in, like, a superhero movie Outside of the Dark Knight, like the Dark Knight set a standard, but it was not trying to establish a whole universe. It was a kept-in story where the you know like the Joker could do these awful things, but there are consequences to it, and Batman has to deal with them accordingly. And Donna Justice, the only, the worst thing that happens to Lex Luthor is the prison guy shaves his head. That's it.
2: And he cuts his hand open.
0: Yeah, it, it, Luthor suffers nothing beyond prison time. Um, he utilizes of a, uh, a survivor of the Metropolis attack. Someone who's lost his legs. He's played by Scoot McNary. Everyone thought he was going to be Jimmy Olsen. Isn't that funny? <laughs> um, and Luthor gives him this really bitchin' wheelchair, you know. Unbeknownst to Scoot and unbeknownst to anyone else, including the security that's keeping weapons outside of Capitol Hill, Scoot's got a bomb in there. Doesn't know it. So during the day of when, you know, Luthor is attending... uh. There's this whole joke about piss in a jar that comes to full circle in this moment. Um, Holly Hunter's uh, uh, senator sees a, a jar of piss sitting in front of her with a little note on it that alludes to a joke that her and Luthor had earlier in the film. And as she turns it towards herself, every everyone knows something's wrong. Superman knows something's wrong. Too late. Explosion. Explosion in, in capital, capital in the cap in, ca- in the capital building. So like so many people are dead. Superman's just standing there in the in the explosion, just like, yep, yeah, that happened, and cleans out his ear, and he flies off. I mean, that's it. So Superman is not only an inherently unlikable person, he's not very proactive. He remains this schlubby nincompoop that he was in Man of Steel. There's no growth for this guy at all. So to kill him off is a symbolic gesture, I'm assuming, from Zack Snyder. But at the same time, if it's a symbolic gesture. What is he trying to say with this moment? Is he trying to say, uh, America's innocence, its hope, its optimism must die for us to move forward? Is that what he's trying to say? Because I'm at a loss here.
2: I don't think he's trying to say anything. I think all of the, the things that might seem like sort of attempts at deep statements are merely that like, Oh yeah, this'll, this'll, this'll seem like it's smart, but nothing actually Nothing in it actually is
0: there's so much lip service given to the concept of gods amongst men um gladiator uh, battles like it, there's something very it's high opera it's treated as very high opera there are flourishes in Han Zimmer and junkie XL score that are that, <laughs> that are almost like Wagner and i'm not making that up like you're you you could hear some flight of the Valkyries happening in this shit and it's spooky like it's not even it's shot with such seriousness and it's shot with these tremendous IMAX cameras so you can just get in that shit that it looks beyond anything we've seen before. It's the biggest fucking movie I've ever seen in my entire life. But at the same time, it's, it's a also a turd. It's a giant turd that also happens to be v- supremely damaging, I think, to people that actually care about these characters. Cuz what are you supposed to make of them? Batman's a louse like he is like Frank Miller's id given form like he like Affleck just kind of inhabits the role and does the things the scripts require of him he does nothing to like ground it at all like oh I'm gonna brand my bat uh, symbol into this guy's collarbone and feel nothing I'm gonna you know ...flip out on Superman and th- feel nothing. As a matter of fact, the only time he feels anything... ...is when he's got his boot on Superman's fucking throat. And Superman's like, you gotta help me save Martha. And Batman's like, why would you say that? He goes, you gotta help me save Martha. he's like, why would you say that? And, <laughs> and then Lois Lane shows up to point out the fact... Hey, ...whoops, both of you guys have moms named Martha... You're friends now! And they're friends. That's exactly what happens. They become friends who team up to stop Luthor, who at this point decides that he's going to unleash Doomsday. And actually, I'm going to save that bit for you. I want you to see how he makes Doomsday. It's the stupidest shit I've ever seen in my entire life. And we've watched some doozies. So, once Doomsday comes out and Wonder Woman comes out, and I can feel MJ's little heart pounding. Right next to me, when every second Wonder Woman was on screen, and I have to say... Oh, kind of made me cry. Those bits are amazing, not because Wonder Woman is in this movie, but because Wonder Woman was given any due at all. Aside from that, this film is one of the worst things I've ever seen.
1: Count the dead. Thousands of people. What's next? Millions. Well, hey, at least Superman's dead now.
0: Oh, yeah, isn't that great?
2: At least now Zack Snyder can't touch him for a while.
0: Or, well, also super-duper, like, late-minute spoiler. Just as it cuts to black, Lois throws a fistful of soil onto Clark Kent's pine box. Clark Kent gets a pine box. It's so sad. Um, Because, you know, Bruce Wayne couldn't spring for a bitching coffin that Superman got with no corpse in it. But anyway, so before it cuts to black, you kind of see... The soil levitate a little, and then it goes to black. Because he's not really dead. Well, he's dead, but if they're following comics to the letter, which they totally followed 90s Superman comics to AT, uh, uh, I can only assume that Superman's not dead, as we understand it, but rather his Kryptonian physiology goes into damage control. He's regenerating. Regenerating from the inside out. I don't know where the fuck they're going to go with this next... All I know all we know is, is that JK Simmons is gonna be Commissioner Gordon in Justice League. That's all we know. <laughs> that's all we know. That's all we know. And that's all I wanna know. Really. I don't I don't know if I can do Justice League. I don't I don't think I can. You were already having a hard time getting just
1: getting into this going to see this movie. Yeah. It took a lot of convincing. Well,
0: if it weren't for Doom Rocket, you have said out loud, you would have just washed your hands. It. Yeah. And- I would I, I would skip I mean, MJ, would you skip this movie if we weren't obligated?
2: I don't know if I could have. I would have liked to have seen it, but not have paid for it in some sort of way. Well,
0: we didn't pay for it. We got that. that, Yeah. Critic screening. But um, there's a lot of teasers for the future of the DC Cinematic Universe. Wonder Woman has a really bitchin' shot. Chris Pine's in it. It's really cute. But then, of course, they have to introduce Aquaman, Flash, Cyborg, and they do it in the most asinine way possible. You want to tell them?
2: Oh, it's just like... It's Wonder Woman watching, uh, like, Lex Luthor's metahuman files. Mm-hmm. And it's like, like little video clips.
0: That, that Batman stole during a party of Luthor's. So pretty much, Batman gives Wonder Woman a zip file. And we watch her unzip that file, watch the videos, and they're long. They are long videos.
1: And it's Lex Luthor's surveillance of metahumans.
2: And and each of them has... has um, a dopey little like, insignia on it that kind of matches like the actual hero's yeah. symbol. It's it's, it's, it's so,
1: so basically, silly. Lex-
0: so Luthor created the symbols for all these heroes. Uh-huh. Yeah. Lex
1: Luthor created the Justice
0: League. Yeah, pretty much. Batman, Superman,
1: Wonder Woman, The Flash, Aquaman, and countless others. Yeah,
0: no, Luthor definitely created the Justice League. That's pretty much how it boils down. That's that's messed up. It's beyond messed up. And what's more is that, I mean, you get all this buildup towards Justice League Dark Side is all over this movie. Um, Batman keeps having these psychotic visions.
2: With what look like parademons in them.
0: But there's no reason for these visions to yeah. exist other yeah. than he has them. And then he wakes up from a vision and somebody bursts in in a bolt of lightning, whom we can only assume is the Flash, and he looks wretched, by the way, and we can barely make out what he's saying, but he goes, you have to save Lois, and you have to make sure that whoever doesn't do this.
2: This says like he's he's too early. This says like he's too early.
0: Oh, yeah, I'm too early, but make sure you do X, Y, and Z, whatever the fuck that is, and then Bruce Wayne wakes up from that. So we're supposed to take these visions that he's having literally, so Batman's having a psychotic breakdown, but it turns out that he's rather clairvoyant. Because in his dreams, paradiem- Demons, there's like fire pits bursting from the earth. There's a giant omega symbol just burnt into the ground.
2: And also in these dreams, he kills people.
0: Oh, so many deaths. And he shoots people. Oh, he kills people out of his dream, too. Batman Batman's is a murderer. Wholesale murder, and he's a drunk. He's a drunk, just like in Dark Knight Returns. Just like in Ben Affleck's life.
1: Yeah, well, <laughs> so... Yeah. so uh, Listen, Zach... I've got an idea for this character. He should be tipsy all the time, and every once in a while, he has to go take a break to gamble. Does he gamble in
0: this? Yeah, actually, he does. He he gambles in a fight club, an underground fight club. He gambles against. Affleck's the, idea. Oh my god! Yeah, wow, another, how'd you do like, that? like
2: super ridiculous and pretty much like just irrelevant to everything else. seen. There's so many of these where it just like hops to somewhere else, and you just kind of have to be like, what does this have to do with the actual story? Very little.
0: And uh, that's all we're going to make time for on that one. Um, Thank you, MJ, for giving us your two cents. Uh, Very
2: welcome.
0: um, You're more than happy. Welcome to come back and talk to us a little more about this next week. Till then, uh, I want to put Donna Justice to bed and I want to move on to something else. Yeah, that sounds like uh, something we
1: can finally get that albatross off our backs. Yeah. The
2: implication of that, of course, is that... There's a massive universe, DC universe, that's just ready to explode.
1: Well, now that that's over with, yeah. for now, mm. uh, let's talk about the fun afternoon we had today. Yeah! And I'm not being sarcastic. No, that was fun. That was great. That's actually my ideal for like, like spending an afternoon when it's rainy outside, yeah. just looking at the TV and watching Arnold Schwarzenegger and a murderer's row of... Uh, miscreants and uh mercenaries as they're immersed in a jungle psyop in the mid 80s and the, the cia is trying to cover their butts and oops we gotta deal
0: with a dude from another planet yeah. stick around of course we are talking about john mctiernan's predator um one of those wacky little uh uh, curios that you go back to every once in a while and realize that holy shit, there's something genius at play here. In 1987, who could say that this film would be remembered as like the the, the pinnacle of machismo? Now, uh, I can go on uh, a blue streak about how you know Zack Snyder loves his uh, his beefcake. Um, <laughs> I, I think I put a little of that in that uh, review of mine for Donna Justice, but the the beefcake is out. You can cut it with a knife. And some of them actually do. Some of them actually do cut themselves <laughs> in the muscles. With an actual knife. <laughs> and, and it's
1: just the, oh my God, this film is so full of testosterone and this, you know, mm. uh, not so subtle layer of... Um, you know, American jingoism—a little, I guess. But there's like, a, there's like a, also a touch of like, you know, what are we
0: doing in this jungle, man? This jungle's a quagmire, man. We what? gotta go home, man.
1: We gotta get out of here. This is worse than ca- Cambodia. Yeah. And you know, it's just like, eventually, you keep sticking your nose in where it doesn't belong. You're gonna end up in the middle of the Guatemalan jungle during the hottest time of uh you know in recorded history when every once in a while the deep the demon who collects menace trophies shows up
0: to just start wasting s- you wasting you and skinning dudes and yeah it's a it's it's a trip because the movie starts off kind of like platoon Like, you get in the the debriefing at the beginning, also like in Apocalypse Now, and in both of those movies, you jump to the helicopter scene where some pop song's playing, and and all of a sudden, you get this colorful cast of characters that interact with each other so they can establish each other's, like, uh, uh, character, and of course, at least three of them are utter blank slates. It takes, but it takes nothing. (laughs) It takes
1: no effort at all to establish who these guys are and what they're doing. Like, and and it's like I said earlier if you don't know what predator's about, if you've never seen it, if you have no concept of the predator and you just you see the first 20 30 minutes, you're like, "Oh man, this is going to be like Commando." Yeah. And Commando, as we both know from experience,
0: mm-hmm. fucking rules. Yeah, it does rule. Um It's just so much ammunition in this very short film is spent. Like, I... I, (laughs) You said this little joke. um, While they're just like... They think that they've seen the Predator and they just start opening fire into the brush. And it just literally mows everything Everything. down. Like, that wasn't a stunt. They just did that. They just opened fire into the grassy clearing. I hope no animals were killed. I mean, yeah. this,
1: This movie seriously depleted some rainforests. I mean, you say what you will about the destruction caused by Apocalypse Now. Predator gives that a run for the money. Yeah. Just, there's not even a high body count. I mean, sure, they kill, like, a small village of gorillas. Yeah. uh, And then after that, it's, like, just... Predator picking off the one by one the
0: expendables it's a slasher movie on steroids
1: and then yeah and then just let's destroy a forest let's yeah. destroy a rainforest yeah because they
0: can't um Cause lot, it was the 80s man yeah they did not give a shit they killed that scorpion
1: yeah yeah that was a real scorpion that yeah. got murdered
0: yeah so okay so uh uh apollo creed has a scorpion on his back so uh the 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 mean cop from commando jams a butcher's knife into it um, and then steps on it, and then the Predator picks up its remains, because like it feels a kinship to it, I guess. I don't know. I, I really honestly was like, eat it, eat it, Yeah, that same. Cool. But we then would have had to have seen the Predator in all his glory, and that reveal comes much later in the film. That's right. That's another thing about this movie that I love, though, is the restraint. Oh, yeah. It's well-paced,
1: and yeah. it, it restrains itself. Yeah. It, it does what uh, modern horror and slasher... And, you know, thriller films don't do. It builds.
0: Mm -hmm. It gives you glimpses. And it pays off. Oh, in a big way. Like, I... Okay, so... We've seen a lot of movies these days come out. I mean, of, uh, you know, the the encircled warriors that have to survive. I mean, this is a trope that's just been employed for young adult novels, it seems. Uh, Hunger Games being... (laughs) The biggest offender, but like then you have Battle Royale, but then we go even further back, the most dangerous game. That's right, and um, that's ostensibly what this is: is the hunter becoming the hunted, and uh, which is a real funny like uh, turn of the tables because Arnold Schwarzenegger at this point was still he was a big star at this point, but he was not Terminator Two. Fuck you, big star. He was still coming up. I don't think there is another movie. Even the Conan ones, where we see him this primal. Oh, God.
1: And I will defend this man to my dying day. Let's have it. Arnold Schwarzenegger is such a good actor in this (laughs) film. Arnold Schwarzenegger acts the fuck out of this movie. With, like, first of all... You son of a bitch. Dylan! You son of a bitch. What's the matter? The CIA got you pushing too many pencils. <laughs> the the greatest handshaking cinematic history. Yeah. It turns into a fucking uh, over-the-top style uh, arm wrestling match mm-hmm. in mid-air. Yeah. In mid-air. Uh, Some of Some of Arnold's greatest quips and one-liners mm-hmm. in this movie. What's your favorite? Oh, God, I don't know. Stick around. That one's good. Yeah,
0: uh, uh, my favorite?
1: Whether well, they got you pushing pencils now? If it bleeds. We can kill it. If it bleeds, we can kill it. That one's great,
0: fucking brilliant.
1: Uh, and I mean, he's not even the only one that gets great lines. Uh, the greatest line that uh, Jesse Ventura ever uh, said outside of uh, his WWE commentating days, when he would say "gorilla," is <laughs> "Son of a bitch is dug in like an Alabama tick. You're hit. You're bleeding, man. I ain't got time to bleed. I ain't got time to bleed." I like the goddamn sexual tyrannosaurs. That's so good. That one's not bad. Uh, But Arnold Arnold Schwarzenegger, in the third act of this film, is almost completely silent Mm -hmm. and stoic. It's almost an art film, right? And his eyes. He's acting with his eyes. Mm -hmm. Because if there's anything Arnold Schwarzenegger knows, it's how to... He mo- machismo. Yeah, he can do it. And he just covers himself in mud, and he sets all these booby traps. And yeah, I'm like, fuck, am I watching Conan right now? Because this guy is a warrior. Yeah, He is a true barbarian. And the level of respect that he has shown, first of all- From an alien. From an alien. Yeah. I, I just want to parse the sentence a little bit. Say it out loud. This movie is- uh, a jungle war movie in which an alien shows up and just starts killing
0: everybody. Yeah,
1: and to think about that in the context of if this didn't exist now, if uh, someone tr- tried to pitch this today,
2: mm-hmm.
0: like people would be like, "You you're crazy." I don't know, man, because it's such a pure concept, and it's just not been employed well. I mean, of course, we know about Predator 2, where they tried—oh, well, excuse me, Predator in New York. <laughs> um, and then, of course, there was Alien vs. Predator movies, which are, is an awesome concept if you read it in a comic book, but if you see it in a movie, it just falls apart because you would have a silent film, You but you know, studios won't well, no, that. Did you ever
1: see either of the Alien vs. Predator movies? No. That's why it had humans.
0: Yeah, they had humans, to have humans in it.
1: Yeah, humans, and uh, I didn't see the Requiem, but the mm-hmm. first Alien versus Predator. As soon as we turned this off, I was like, "Well, I know what I'm doing later on." Oh, you're really gonna
0: watch it? I might. I'm gonna either watch that or Predator Two. Predators. Yeah. Predator. Oh, the newest one. Yeah, with Adrian Brody. That was not a bad movie, and it had your man Lor- Larry Fishburne in it. That's right. Uh, Predators is a very underrated sequel now like it's uh, produced by robert rodriguez and every once and we've talked about him before in the past rodriguez knows how to steer you know a genre film and that's he right. steered it to beauty i love that thing it begins with them just falling out of the sky you don't know what the fuck is going on and neither do they you just wake up with them in the middle of the sky and they pull the chute and they try to survive
1: and that that's another brilliant thing about this movie mm-hmm. it, it opens up with a title card, it just says Predator. yeah you don't know and and there's just stars yeah, and you just see the one little star moving and then you're like, oh, it's a spaceship, mm-hmm. and then it shoots out a little dude yeah, it shoots out a send, little tack. it sends a little dude down to earth and you're just like, huh,
0: and then it becomes platoon for a half hour and
1: and then it's I think it's more commando, yeah okay, because it's uh because it's very much like uh the c d you know this isn't a uh, an authorized team. Mm-hmm. You know, this is yeah, a mercenary. This is a squad of mercenaries. Yeah. This is the genetic prequel to the Expendables franchise because yeah. they keep calling them expendable assets. Yeah,
0: it happens at least twice in the film. Um, I made that little crack of we are not expendable and then I go, yeah, that's in the le- uh, next movie. That movie comes later. The yeah, movie comes later. But um I want to go back to like the concept of like just making a regular ass movie And then throwing the Predator in it. Yeah. Because it's such a great idea, and I wish they would do it more. You're one ugly
1: motherfucker. (laughs)
0: Um, There's a comic that came out in in the early 90s, and it was called Batman vs. Predator. Now, you want to talk about Predator in the urban jungle. Gotham City is the perfect spot for this guy to hunt. Now, um, written by Dave Gibbons, art by Adam and Andy Kubert. um, It was one of the most violent things I had ever read up to that point. I think the death of Superman happened just months prior. Um, But, like, having Batman fight Predator... Batman's going to fight you no matter what, but he doesn't know what he's up against. And Predator knows exactly what he's up against. A human. Or does he? Oh. The cool part about this is that, like, you... You, you, you have a Batman comic and you just throw a Predator in there. Mm-hmm. So, like, Gotham just goes about its business as per usual. Batman goes about its business as per usual. But all the while, up in the rafters, Predator's stalking you. And it is so fucking cool. And that's the the goose pimples that I feel when I watch this movie. Is like, you know, Dutch finds out that his op is bullshit and his best friend betrayed him and, like, people are dying left and right and they're having this bullshit argument. All the while, they should be Looking at the trees, looking at the sky, waiting for the killer, the silent killer that is coming for each of them. It's so cool. Picking them off. And,
1: you know, this is 1987. And we get what on the surface are some kind of low-rent, cheesy graphics. Sure. But they're perfect. Yeah. They're, They're better than some modern CGI in their effectiveness. And they're used sparingly. They're used sparingly. And... Yeah, I mean, the uh, camouflage, the Predator's camouflage is as good as
0: anything yeah. in, in CGI. It probably looks better in this movie than it would now, mm-hmm. uh, because there's just no way to replicate it now, to make it look like that today. No, you, Not with the you, The default would just be like... Well, yeah, let's just draw on it and mm-hmm. let's make it
1: look cool. No, it won't draw. look cool.
0: What do, you, what do you think CGI artists do?
1: They draw on stuff. <laughs> they draw
0: on, stuff. They draw on I the see. pictures.
1: I, I know that. Mm. That's a very accurate resp- representation. Yeah. Uh, let's talk about
0: the supporting cast. Yeah, the pedigree of this movie. Holy shit. I want to talk about Shane Black real quick. I want to get this out of the way because I know you've got something you want to share with me. Sure. Um, Shane Black, director. Mm-hmm. Screenwriter, let's see. Lethal Weapon, Iron Man three, uh, Kiss Kiss Bang Bang. Kiss Kiss Bang Bang. Uh, th- here's a guy that knows how to make an action flick. What the fuck was he doing in this movie? He's so ridiculous in it. He's barely in it at all. He's there to crack two jokes and die. And his joke, his so- jokes die. They die. And like the look that he gives people when they don't give his jokes is the same look I had on my face when I saw Iron Man three. <laughs> Uh you know who Shane Black is supposed to be in this movie? Hmm. He is
1: uh he's Spike Jones in all of Spike Jones cameos. You know
0: what I mean? He's just there to wear big glasses to be a nerd yeah. and and to crack wise a couple times. Yeah, like in uh the uh increasingly poor decisions of Todd Margaret, yeah. I see a parallel there. He's reading uh Sergeant Rock comics though. That's pretty damn cool. Like for me as a kid you know reading comics not seeing them on every single fucking billboard when i walk outside the house to see a comic book in a movie that was pretty cool uh also two of the most iconic african-american action
1: stars of the 80s mm-hmm. in bill duke yeah and the one and only carl weathers yeah apollo creed and uh, action jackson action jackson <laughs> like uh bill duke Coming straight out of Commando mm-hmm. and moving into this, yeah, like you said, Bad Cop, and it, he's a cop uh, in Action Jackson. Yeah. These two did two films together. They're so badass, you know. And Bill Duke is kind of
0: the heart of the movie yeah. because when he loses his best friend, Ugh. he kind of has a huge emotional breakdown. See, this is where you can see the the, the cracks in the machinery of the screenplay because Bill Duke's eulogy. <laughs> For Jesse the Body of Ventura goes on for far too long, and they dedicate at least two scenes for it Oh yeah. there's like that one where he drops the, uh, the flask on him and he's like, mm-hmm. bye, buddy, and then there's the other where he's talking to him and at the stars, talking talking to his corpse. remember at the when moon? we used to kill people back in the day that was something. You yeah.
1: and me. It was so romantic. Oh,
0: it was romantic.
1: Uh, and of course, I'd be remiss in pointing this out uh, mm. for those who haven't thought about it. This film features two future governors yeah. of states in the United States. Two laughable action guys. Obviously, uh, Jesse the Body Ventura mm-hmm. got a start in um, the AWA, came over to the WWF in the early days, didn't have much of a ring career there, but parlayed that into a world-famous uh, color commentator, kind of created the role of the bad guy sitting there kind of uh, validating what the heels are doing in the ring. Mm-hmm. Um, some of his stuff, I've been listening to a lot of uh, podcasts talking about the old, old po- uh, pay-per-views and things like that. Sure. And he was just outstanding, one of the best talkers. So it makes sense that he would translate that well into this uh, very very like brief but effective action performance. And then, of course, translates that into... A political career. A political career. And then winds down and decides to become uh, batshit crazy. Yeah. And uh, have you ever seen Jesse Ventura's uh, TV series Conspiracy Theory? No. Oh, it's outstanding.
0: Oh, it is bet.
1: outstanding. It is uh, maybe two levels below Alex Jones with its uh, bonkers meter. Yeah. Uh, and of course, Arnold Schwarzenegger. Became a pretty successful governor of California. And funny little known fact. I'm sorry, I said that wrong.
0: Governor of California. That's right. Uh, One could say his political career began during the filming of this movie. Because you know what else took place on that fateful summer of 1986? What's that? He married one Maria Shriver, oh yeah that's as right, as a matter of fact, they had to take a powder during production so he could fly over to Hyannisport and have a quickie uh, uh wedding three day honeymoon, and come right back to finish filming this psychopathic movie well, you figure that that's when they were doing a lot of the uh you know
1: the second unit stuff, yeah, just like uh shooting uh, the predator that's himself. when they shot
0: the scorpion
1: yeah the yeah. scorpion yeah. the uh you know some of the stunt type uh, action during
0: the uh, mass murder. Yeah, you know when, like, uh, you know, uh, Billy's looking through the, uh, or Duke's looking through the binoculars and they shoot that guy. uh, Or he's looking at that guy who shoots his hostage. That was probably second unit stuff, right? Come on in, you fuckers. Come on in. All painless is waiting. Man,
1: John McTiernan. Yeah. uh, This is punch one out of a... Three knockouts in a row. Three mm-hmm. of the best genre films of the 80s into the 90s, back to back to back. Let's have them. Predator. Yeah. Die Hard. Yo. And the third one, The Hunt for Motherfucking Red October. <laughs> Yo. Classics. Yeah. After One after another. And then Jail. And Then jail, and then he just couldn't get his groove back, no nope, that um, was it, you know, but the the nineties were a harsh place for a lot of the for everybody you know the the they were running out of cocaine mm-hmm. um what what cocaine was there was uh getting made into crack, yeah and it
0: was it was a squirrely time, I mean, we were laughing to Bill Cosby and Bill Clinton and Bill Clinton like these were. Not our finest hour, retrospectively. You look back on it, it was a weird decade for everybody. Yeah, well, the 80s got into the 90s, and that's when
1: you see uh, the sharp decline in Arnold's career. Mm-hmm. Um, another film, the, uh, I believe it's John McTiernan joint, uh, The Last Action Hero. Yeah. Oh. And, oh. and that like, that's a pretty symbolic swan song for Arnold. It's not bad. It's
0: not a bad movie. You you rewatch that movie I'm and tell me you. that it's terrible. You can't see it, me at home here, folks, but I'm um, giving Bertie some uh, serious side-eye at that's, the moment. That is a gaze of incredulity. Whew! Uh, it had an animated cat in it.
1: And it had a kick-ass, uh, score, a kick-ass theme song. Hey, answer this. Was Kathy Ireland in that movie? I think so. I feel like she was. That sounds right. Uh-huh. Um, but, you know, uh, a legendary bad guy in that film mm. uh, who would go on to play... Uh, the uh, head of the Lannisters. Yeah, Sean Bean. No, not Sean Bean.
0: Oh, yeah. excuse me, Charles Dance. Charles Dance. Yeah, yeah.
1: Starks, Char- Lannisters.
0: <laughs> I know the difference, people. And, well, that it's, elapsed. It's funny. Yeah, that was a lapse,
1: all right. That's funny because Sean Bean, of course, uh, was iconic in his uh, singular James Bond villain role. Yeah. Alec Trevelyan in That's Goldeneye. Right. But yeah, this uh, this feels like a. a an apex of sorts for the action the genre action genre, genre yeah. in especially uh you know the eighties yeah the eighties were weird, and this I was telling you earlier this film it, it really cracks me up because. <laughs> Because the CIA was pulling operations like this in Central and South America all the time, yeah. Where they're just trying to, you know. So it felt timely. It felt timely because they're they're really doing this. They're really sending guerrillas. They're sending contra or they're sending, um, you know, uh, like uh, Iron Cobra teams and stuff like that into the jungle to try and incite riots and knock down insurgents. And so they're like, someone's like, yeah, you know what? Let's do that, but then have an alien in it, and it kind of belies that weird jingoistic sort of like uh western hemisphere dominance it's fucked up that you can actually look deeply into predator yeah
0: and find that because find it's, some it's socio- such a trifle yeah in a way because it's so simplistic and and it's making and yet in that simplicity in its broad strokes you find such rich ore underneath its surface it's it's potent still to yeah. this day. Watching it now was just as gripping and enjoyable as it was when I was a kid. Man, could you imagine seeing this thing in the theater for the first time? That'd be fucked up. That would be amazing. Yeah, it would. That, that would be a transformative kind of experience. Mm-hmm.
1: Come on, kill me, I'm here! Come on, do it now! Kill me! Well, since we're on the topic of uh, the 80s and the action genre in general. Sure. Here's my question to you. Oh, what do you got? What do you think the uh high point, high watermark for Arnold
0: Schwarzenegger's action
1: career mm. was?
0: And we're sticking to a, a particular era here? Uh I would say it starts with Conan's and ends with end of days. Whew. Okay. My personal favorite? Predator not okay. Predator not withstanding, yeah, okay, because we, we just th- talked about yeah. it. Oh man, that's a good question. Uh Man, Uh, this is going to be such a cop-out. I already know it. Before I even say it, I know it's coming. I already know what you're going to say. trying to cram it down further into my gullet so I see something better, but I got to say it. Terminator. The first Terminator. The first Terminator. Because the second one's not really about him. It's about fucking Eddie Furlong and the T-1000. Who gives a shit? The first one is Schwarzenegger at his most menacing because he's the villain. Your boots, your gloves, and your motorcycle. Yeah. Um, well, that was in the second one. It's, I think he said in the first one too. Really? Pretty sure. Yeah, is, you're probably right. I've been due for a rewatch of the first Terminator for a while, primarily because I just love Michael Bean. Yeah, and 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 I think that he is a woefully underutilized actor to this day. He was wonderful in Planet Terror. Holy shit, I loved him in that movie. But the Terminator, as far as Schwarzenegger career films go. You never saw him play the villain again, not for a long ass time anyway. Here, even when they, yeah, even when they brought back Terminator, he had to. They had to make him a good guy. Yeah, and all of them ever since. Every, the first one is where he shows up to fuck up Sarah Connor's life, and then every subsequent movie after that, because he was a brand, he had to be the the nice one. Like Terminator Genesis, you remember that? Piece I never of saw shit. it. You never saw it. Real oh, man. Good for you. I
1: haven't seen. Uh, I've not seen any Terminator movie front to back mm-hmm. since uh Terminator two. Hmm. I uh, skipped out on Rise of the Machines. Yeah. I skipped out on uh the Salvation. Salvation, yeah, I was gonna call it Terminator
0: the Jai Courtney uh he's in the last one, right? Yeah. No, you're thinking of Sam Worthington, Sam but Worthington. It's only fair because they're totally tomato the potato. Same. Yeah, yeah, exactly. But who what is your favorite Schwarzenegger Apex film? Easiest easiest question for me to answer ever. Uh total recall. Total recall.
1: Total recall. Um again. He's, he's a, so charismatic in that movie. He is. And what people might not realize, what they have to really sit down and think about, like, how did this Australian Australian <laughs> that's that's ridiculous? How did this Austrian <laughs> bodybuilder who came to America? Uh he was Hercules in New York and he's a god awful actor. How did he become this uh this green icon.
0: Yeah.
1: It's because no matter what scenario you put Arnold Schwarzenegger in, in this time, uh, no matter how ridiculous, whatever name you give him, you give him the name, John Smith. People are like, okay, sure. Uh, if you put him in the middle of a jungle as a part of a mercenary team who has to fight a camouflage alien, people will believe it. <laughs> and so if you put him in the best, Philip K. Dick adaptation up to uh, until uh, Scanner Darkly,
2: mm-hmm.
1: people will buy it. People will buy that, first of all, that he is, I am just a regular guy. I work in construction <laughs> here on planet Earth. I want to take a vacation. I want to go to Mars. I've always wanted to go to Mars. But I have to stay here on Earth with my
0: beautiful wife, Sharon Stone.
1: Uh, by the way, these are just clips that I'm playing of the... Uh, yeah. the Audio commentary from Total Recall
0: seamlessly into the podcast. That's
1: right, and you know they give him the uh, the conceit of like, all right, you're going to have your brain uh, programmed to think that you are a secret agent Mm -hmm. with a, a secret mission to Mars, and you know it's such a mind fuck, and he pulls it off. Yeah. I have to get my ass to Mars in this scene because I have to save them. Because the people, the the mutants, they don't have any
0: air. I adore uh, Total Recall mostly just because I adore early Paul Verhoeven films. Yeah. Um, this was a movie that kind of just embedded itself into my brain. Like it, I found it so fascinating. I couldn't comprehend it when I was younger. Came back and revisited when I was a teenager. Became a kind of a passion for me. Uh, I got so pumped once I found it on tape and I bought it just to give it to you if, regardless whether or not you already had it um, it's just a movie that I want to buy again and again
1: again and again again and again. unless it's uh, starring Colin Farrell at which point I want to burn it again and again yeah. you
2: are not you you're me no shit well uh, on
0: that note I think we're gonna wrap it up here um, thank you as always for listening to Anti-Monitor please do not forget to rate and like us over on iTunes. Let the world know that you're listening to Doom Rocket. And please do us a favor, share anything that you like on the social media, and make sure to tag us. You can find me on Twitter at Jared Jones underscore Birdman over here is at, at BirdMoney. And please say hi to MJ. Thank you so much for joining us this week. You can find her at Molly Jane underscore K. And please do not forget the most important at Doom Rocket underscore uh, well, that's it for us. Um, across the way over there is Birdie, I remain Jared, and from all of us at Doom Rocket, please remember, we will never leave you until you get to the choppa.
1: Get to the choppa! Ow! Kill me! Do it now! Ow. Welcome to the chopper.